0: Hello everyone, it's Kat again, and welcome back to So Below, healing trauma with respect to our duality. Today I want to dive back into what we started in episode five, and that's talking about trauma responses. Um, I was talking about a lot of different random things that you might not have understood were trauma responses or didn't know were trauma responses, and today I wanted to kind of break them down into categories a little bit more and to delve deeper into the psychology behind it. I've talked a lot about that feeling of being in overdrive constantly when you're healing from trauma and what that feels like. And um, today I kind of want to break it down a little bit more. I want to break it down into the four responses that we normally see with trauma, trauma responses, the four Fs. There's the fight, flight, fawn, or freeze. And so I want to go into each one of those ones and talk about the different trauma responses that are related to each category so that you can kind of understand where you are and place yourself in a category a little bit better so you can understand which feelings are coming from what emotion. That way you can understand and break them down a little bit easier. Um, We've talked a lot about understanding our demons and looking at our problems on different angles. And this is a way to do that. If you can see where your behaviors are coming from and saying, oh, it's, This feeling is making me do this because of this that happened here. And I can honestly tell myself, hey, I'm not in that situation anymore. So I can let myself calm down just a little bit. Um, So that's kind of what I want to go in today is breaking down the different categories of the four F's, the fight, flight, fawn, or freeze. Now I'm old. So when I was a kid, I grew up hearing about fight or flight, that those were the two reactions that we had to fear. Um, But I remember seeing freeze a lot before I took psychology classes. I remember being with friends when certain things would happen. And I remember seeing freeze a lot and I understood freeze. So when I got to college and I started studying psychology, I really understood that part and that made sense to me. Um, One that I didn't understand until much later in life, it's been only in the last couple of years that I understood this one. It's one that I actually identify with the most. I always thought I was very heavily in the fight. Like if something happens, I'm going to fight. And it's true. I am very heavy in the fight category, but I'm also very heavy in the fawning category. And if you don't understand what fawning is, I'm going to explain it right now. Fawning is when you go over the top to make a situation better because you want to diffuse the bomb and make everything better so that you don't have to deal with the fallout from it. Um, fawning is over the top people pleasing. It's giving everything constantly and expecting nothing back. And that's something that I've struggled with really hard. And I didn't realize that that was a trauma response until much, much later. And I didn't understand how much that affected me in a lot of my relationships because I would fawn in every single relationship. So everybody always had an upper hand with me because I Wanted everybody to love me and care about me so much because I loved and care about everybody so much. And I wanted it back so desperately that I would do anything for anybody. And I ran myself ragged all the time. I wore myself thin and nothing I did was ever enough because I could never reach my own unrealistic expectations of myself. And understanding that part of that is a trauma response because I feel like I have to take care of everything so that nobody can ever get mad at me or nobody can ever you know, treat me any, any which way, unless it's something I wanted, um, being a a people pleaser was a very, very hard one for me. So understanding that that was a trauma response really helped me kind of get over that and kind of stop doing that and stop giving away all my energy to other people who, you know, definitely didn't deserve it. A lot of people didn't deserve the energy I was putting into it, um, which is, you know, something we've talked about extensively. So since we've kind of already started discussing fawn, I'm gonna go over the main characteristic emotions that come along with the fawn response. The first one is people-pleasing. The next is feeling overwhelmed, having no boundaries, a complete lack of identity. Codependency is a huge issue when it, with the fawning response because you are so desperate to have um, everything taken care of and everything go well and everything goes smoothly that you become dependent on the other person's mood. If they're in a bad mood, you're in a bad mood. If they're in a good mood, you're in a good mood. You follow suit with with another person because you kind of lose who you are. Um, That's a big thing for me. I talked about it a little bit in the last episode where I lost myself in tasks so much that people completely forgot about me as a person and that's something that happens a lot is we forget who we are as a person we stop looking at ourselves and we're spending so much time focusing on other people so we don't have to look at ourselves it's an avoidance that avoidance comes from the fond response your brain isn't doesn't want to engage in what's going on what happened to you but the thing is when you're avoiding what happened to you you avoid the rest of you too and you lose who you are, because you are so much more than what happened to you. You can look at yourself without examining your trauma all the time. You don't always have to look at your trauma. You can look at who you are as a person. What do you like to do? What kind of things make you happy? What brings you passion and joy? What drives you? Do you even know? Have you lost yourself so much in somebody else that you don't even know what drives you anymore? I know that feeling because I've had it so many times where I completely lose myself and lose who I was in another person. I get so lost and wrapped up and my identity becomes entwined in us and I lose me. And that's a a trauma response. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you feel like you're a people pleaser, like boundaries are an issue for you, I highly suggest taking a look at you as if you're dating you. What do you like to do? What are your interests? What makes you tick? What makes you happy? Ask yourself these questions and get to the bottom of it as if you're dating yourself. Get to the bottom of the fun things too, because focusing on the trauma, yeah, you got to do it for a little bit and you got to do it when it comes up. But every other day, if you're avoiding the trauma so much that you're avoiding yourself... You're missing out on getting to know this dynamic and wonderful human being. Taking a time to examine that person is how you're going to get over that fawning response. Fawn over yourself. Figure out who you are. What's going to stop you from getting upset? Maybe it's cutting some assholes out. The next trauma response I want to go over is fight. And the reason I want to go over this one is because this is what I always felt like I was very heavily towards. And the reason was anytime a situation came up where it was startling or I felt like I was being attacked, my response always was to fight. I mean, my little brother will tell you, one of my little brothers will tell you that one time he decided to sneak up on me after my dance practice. I came home, it was like 1130 at night. I used to carry my keys between my fingers like Wolverine and he snuck up on me in the middle of the night and jumped around my legs to tackle me and I punched him in the back so hard my keys stuck out of his back I had to pull him out and clean up you know clean the wound because there was a wound and you know that's that's the kind of person I always was you know another time a couple guys in my dance group decided to hide in the back of my van that we had and uh, they grabbed me when we started driving and I jumped in the back and started hitting because that's what I did. That's, you know, I, that's why I always felt like I was very much in the fight mode, but it turns out when it comes to people I care about, I am more of a fawn. Um, but the fight response usually is anger, outbursts, controlling a lot of situations when somebody becomes a very controlling person, that is a fight mode response. Um, explosive behavior, irritability, Uh, Being highly judgmental, that is something that I do. And if that's an anger response, I do find that when I am having a nurturative day and not in in a great place, I am a lot more judgmental and I'm an asshole. And I, I think of things all the time that are just, I have a rule in my house. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all, unless it's damn funny. And a lot of the times I'm damn funny and I don't say these things out loud, but I'm a judgmental person sometimes. But I find it's only when I'm in a bad place. When I'm in a good place, I look at the world as if it's beautiful and I see the good in the people around me. But the more nurturative my days are, the angrier I get and the more judgmental I get. But knowing that judgmental behavior is a a trauma response, that's one of those things that you can check yourself. Um, I one time heard that your first response is the top behavior. Your second response is who you are. And a lot of times I will catch myself being really super judgmental about somebody and then I'll stop and I'll catch myself and i am like, no, they're probably having a shitty day too. You know, and taking the time to understand that the second response is who you are and your first response is learned behavior. Well, if you say your first response is traumatic, traumatic response and learned behavior and a combination of everything and, you know, societal pressure and all that bullshit, if you realize that your first response is, suggested by so many things in your life and it's implied by so many aspects of your life and it's kind of pushed on you and then if you can take the time to stop being judgmental and to stop being an asshole and stop being angry if you practice the pause when you're reacting to a situation you take a deep breath before you respond instead of responding in anger having outbursts you know slamming doors punching walls having those types of situations that happens that comes from a trauma response that comes from anger and unresolved issues and that anger is that fight mode that's what happens in your brain it's that that fight or flight it's one of our primal instincts it's built into us so practicing the pause is taking time to become your higher self it's understanding that my first reaction is primal it's taught, it's cultural, it's so many things is my first response. It's my second response. That's mine. So if I want to take control of the situation, I need to practice the pause because that first response won't belong to me. It'll belong to the situation. Understanding that about your trauma response. And when you can track down where these behaviors are coming from, it helps you to understand how to fix the problem. You can't fix the problem if you don't know where it's coming from. Otherwise, you're putting Band-Aids on bullet wounds. You know, you have to take the time to examine the situation properly. And knowing where those trauma responses come from comes from really helps. Understanding that it's in our nature to behave a certain way really does change the way that we look at things. It's that nature versus nurture. Sometimes things are bred into us and we have innately in us. But that doesn't mean we can't change it through nurturative behavior. And the next uh, response I wanna go into is freeze. Um, This one looks a lot like depression. And so a lot of the times we'll think, oh, I'm depressed, but maybe it's just you're in freeze. This is what your body is doing to recover from the trauma to respond to what happened to you. Um, Freeze looks like difficulty making decisions, feeling stuck and disassociating, Isolating from other people, feeling numb, shutting down, being exhausted all the time, being completely indecisive, sleeping all the time. This is what freeze looks like in the long term. If you're constantly in freeze mode, it's going to look like depression. And if you treat it like depression, you know, it might get better and it might not. If you understand that this is a symptom of something else, that helps you put into perspective where you're at looking at these these feelings of numbness and saying, hey, this actually probably isn't just depression. Maybe I'm feeling numb because I'm not feeling completely safe in my situation. So you can start examining the relationships in your life and you can start examining the things in your life that might be making you feel unsafe, that might be triggering these feelings of freeze. When you disassociate from a situation, when you uh, completely just isolate yourself and take yourself away from social situations because you'd rather not deal with them. Yeah, that looks a lot like depression. And depression is definitely a symptom of, you know, trauma. But if you're looking at it and saying, this is my freeze mode, that tells you that you're feeling imbalance in your life. And it's time to examine the relationships and the people and the things in your life that might make you feel imbalanced. It's our responsibility when we're feeling those feelings to decide if it really is depression, which is chemical, which you maybe you should be Medicaid, medicated for it. But maybe medication isn't the thing for you because maybe you're not actually depressed. You're just frozen. You're stuck in a moment and you need to get out of it. And the only way to get out of it is to examine the situation and make sure that you're free from that situation for real. Maybe you still feel stuck because you haven't taken time to acknowledge the change that you've made. Maybe you haven't taken time to acknowledge the progress and where you've gotten yourself. Maybe you just need to take time and say, hey, look, I actually am in a safe place. I've progressed so much and come so far. I don't need to feel like I'm frozen and stuck anymore. Sometimes just the realization of putting yourself into perspective and understanding that you are safe, that can change the way that you look at things. Words are powerful and speaking things out loud is how you figure out what is causing your problems. I mean, if you're putting things into perspective and realizing where they're at and you're still not getting better, go to a doctor. There are things out there to help take care of it, but balance is necessary. And if you have balance in your life, you shouldn't be feeling these feelings of freeze. This kind of trauma response benefits from talk therapy. So talking it out with friends, going and seeing a therapist, figuring out a way to have a conversation and say things out loud. That's a really good way to help with this type of trauma response. Now, the final F that we're going to talk about is the flight mode. We all know those people that run from every situation that just can never seem to stick anything through. They quit before they finish. They quit before it's over. You know, they break up, they run away. Um, Those are obvious flight responses, Um, but there are some that are not quite so obvious. There's somebody who's a workaholic. Sometimes people throw themselves into their work to avoid their issues. And they say, you know, they're doing it for their career or they're doing it for, you know, the company or for whatever reason, you know, that they want to make their money because they have all these goals. But a lot of times those goals are masking the trauma that they're avoiding. Um, Overthinking and being anxiety anxiety ridden. These are things that are very common with the flight mode response. I know that when my anxiety is up, every single issue becomes a giant glaring issue. It becomes the end of the world. I can't handle any tiny little thing because I have so much anxiety. Or I'll overthink something so much that by the time it happens, it's just like manifest destiny. And I knew it was going to happen, but it probably happened because I was sitting there focusing on it so hard. A lot of times overthinking is punishing ourselves twice for something because we punish ourselves if it's going to happen or not. And then if it does happen, we got punished again. But if it doesn't happen, we punish ourselves for no reason. And then we kick ourselves for feeling so worried about it. And then it's just another thing to punish ourselves for. Anxiety is a vicious cycle of tearing yourself down constantly because nothing is ever enough. And then it's constantly... uh, assuming things from other people before we know any of the facts. Tracing these feelings back to our primal instincts allows you to kind of give a lineage to your pain and a lineage to your, your feelings and your emotions. When you can trace it back, you can understand it better. It's like when a doctor takes your family history so that they can understand what you might be in for. Find out if you have you know, an Alzheimer's gene or find out if they should be looking for diabetes or looking for something that's very genetic. Um, understanding your trauma on every single level and being able to trace it back to the primal level allows you to be able to separate yourself from your, your pain and allows you to take the time and say, hey, where is this coming from? Which when your flight mode is engaged, honestly, that's the easiest one to kind of hyper-focus on those things. Hyper-focus, hyper-activity. Um, being a perfectionist, having really OCD tendencies... Um, that is a flight mode response. That's one of our primal instincts. Um, I find, I, or I found that with fawning and flight and uh, fight, all of these different modes, I found myself experiencing all of them. I identified with all of them at several different times in my life where I was just constantly living in these modes and I felt like it was part of my personality. And I had worked it into who I was. I, yeah, I'm a really hard worker and I do love being a hard worker. But now I work for the things that are going to build my future and that are going to build for my family and build my children. I don't put all my effort into things that aren't serving me anymore. And I found that I have more energy. I have more life. I'm thriving. I'm enjoying myself a whole hell of a lot more than I used to. I don't have the tiny little anxiety things where I'm biting my nails and picking at my fingers all the time. And I'm not constantly doubting myself and looking at myself and thinking all these awful things about myself anymore. I can actually look at myself in the mirror with kindness and compassion. And it's crazy how understanding where these responses were coming from and realizing that my personality wasn't what I thought it was it really kind of helped me put things into perspective. Understanding that there were parts of my personality that I absolutely love. Yeah, I'm a hard worker, but that comes from who I am. That comes from the, the values that my parents instilled in me. That comes from my lineage. I know I come from pioneer stock. So for me, that was like, hard work is what we know. Like that's what my family knows, we enjoy it. We get together and we come up with projects to do together because it's fun and work should be fun. You shouldn't be putting your life into things that don't bring you joy. If it doesn't bring you joy to go out and work in the hot sun, then find a job inside. If it doesn't bring you joy to do the things that you're doing in your life, then you're doing something wrong. You need to be investing into yourself and investing into finding the right balance in your life because life was meant to be lived. It's meant to be enjoyed. You're meant to enjoy yourself and to enjoy who you are turning into, and then enjoy the person that you are and who you have been. Yeah, those people may not have been the best versions of you, but they did what they had to do to survive. Enjoy who you've been. Enjoy who you are and enjoy who you're becoming and take the time to get to know yourself on a deep and intimate level. Separate yourself from the trauma and find out what parts of your personality are yours, what belongs to you, Understanding your primal urges is as important as understanding your inner child. It's that constant debate of nature versus nurture. But the truth is, we find ourselves in the space between nature and nurture. When we separate ourselves from the things that happened to us and the things that we learned, we find who we are. It's in this space that we find the clarity that brings peace and healing. We have to be able to look at things from a logical perspective by removing ourselves from everything that we've experienced and allowing ourselves to see things from new perspectives with new and fresh eyes all the time. If we look at things the same way and do things the same way constantly, that's the definition of insanity. We have to remember that we're better than that. We're better than what happened to us. We're more than what happened to us. But you're only going to find that in that space between nature and nurture. You're only going to find that if you look into yourself and love yourself and trust yourself.